When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast with me, Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Mr. Birmingham League Ton, Andy Harrison, the loyal one. Joss Elliott, and the king of the transfers, Jamie Martindale. For your latest dose of all things Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner podcast. And, uh, well, I think we better remember how to do this, guys. It's been a while. Welcome back. And I am joined, as always, by my good friends, the man with the Birmingham League ton, Andy Harrison. And... The king of the hoppers, no, not anymore. It's Mr. Loyal. It's been that long. <laughs> Mr. Loyal, Joss Elliott. How are we, guys? It hasn't been as long as you're claiming, Hurley, because we did sacrifice an evening to record a couple of months ago. Has that come out yet? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it took it has, so long. It <laughs> no, it took so long to edit that um, it actually gone out of date. But... Um, yeah, we'll brush over that one quick. <laughs> <laughs> He's got away with that, Josh. <laughs> Bit of a post my time. <laughs> Something that hasn't changed since the last one is we're still missing uh, the transfer guru, Jamie Martindale. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't even done the transfer for himself. Um, I think he's turned up who's to. He, who's he playing for? I, I don't know. I think he's turned up to more games for Shelton season than he has podcasts. He, he probably has. <laughs> So, Jamie, yeah, I think we better address the elephant in the room. Um, as... Who's here? <laughs> it's Andy, isn't it? <laughs> Shut your mouth. Um, yeah, so a lot of people have been asking us. Yes, Jamie did go to Shelton and uh, missed the first game, played the second game for the second eleven, and decided, I think he wanted to move back to Beacon and made a swift return. So, in honour of Jamie's swift return... Let's uh, go through a few things that have lasted longer than Jamie's Shelton career, guys. Got any suggestions? My row across the Atlantic. <laughs> My innings against St. George's the other day wasn't far off. <laughs> North Macedonia in Euro 2020. 
pill cracking on ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Maybe that. My innings. At me at the batting crease. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Andy's lunch hour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, we've got a lot to get on with tonight because, well, yeah, we've got a whole half a season to catch up on and there's been quite a lot going on, guys. Yeah, yeah, there's been plenty going on. Um, some some surprising uh, results out there I've seen and some other non-surprising results. I think it's been a really entertaining season by the look of it and uh, it's just great to be back playing proper cricket. I mean, we went, mentioned it pre-season. How long will it last? Will it? Will we really get a full season in? And it's it's looking really positive. There has been quite a lot of uh, of uh, cases with COVID, but you know it seems to be going pretty smoothly, and the league have uh, have done very well, done a mm. good job. Yeah, it's quite nice to have some of the changing rooms open in some places. You know, being able to go back to the pubs now, and you know, having less of the restrictions, and still having that you know the sanitisation and things like that that we've come well accustomed to now, but nice to kind of feel a bit of normality Joss. I was just going to say every week there's something a little bit more step towards normal I think you know um, we're using the change rooms again now <coughs> still can't shower in a number of places but that's fine um, and I'm not sure we'll ever go back to having teas regularly but um, yeah every week seems a bit more normal which is good. It's mad to think that about this time last year we were all socially distanced and we were talking about the potential well cricket returning and yeah we've had half a season and we've pretty much had a full season and with everything that's happened in COVID there have been some clubs who have come out of it some have come out of it strong some have struggled a bit more haven't they Joss? Um, I, from the clubs I've spoken to they all seem to be struggling with availability this year I don't know if that's a knock-on effect of COVID and a less competitive season last last year should we say I know our own club Albury certainly a case in point we struggled an awful lot. We seem to have lost a lot of nailed on sort of 15, 16 game a week as last year or the year before. They aren't playing quite so much this year. So it really, really have struggled. I know we're not alone. There's a lot of clubs in that situation. So, mm. What do you think the main reason is for that? Do you think it's that people found hobbies or do you think it's to do with the earlier start times? What general thoughts? I, I think in Albury's case, I'm sorry to talk about Albury, but obviously it's the one I know most about. And I think it's possibly because we do as do all clubs, enjoy the social side of it an awful lot and that wasn't quite what it normally is last year. You know, you couldn't go back to the pub and I think half our team just do it for the three or four hours after the game rather than the actual five or six hours of the game itself. And if that's not if that's not happening the way they like it, then they perhaps do find something else to do. Is it fair to say, Andy, that whilst, you know, things like cricket tees being removed and obviously all the you know, like Joss is saying, the social element of the pub afterwards. The teams who have thrived are the teams who are, you know, your Prem teams, you know, sides like that, who it's all about the game of cricket, the competition, whereas the more social element, um, well, teams who thrive with that social element have started to struggle a bit more. Yeah, I think I, th I think even some of the bigger clubs are struggling for availability, to be honest with you, but 100% can understand what you mean with the social side, because it really has been knocked knocked about. I mean, last season wasn't particularly enjoyable, was it? I wouldn't say. I don't know what you boys thought. It was cricket, wasn't it? I'm just pleased to be playing. Just pleased to be playing. Yeah, after missing the start of the season, it was just great to get back on. Um, but this season, definitely seeing a, a struggle. I mean, we we play uh, Grasshoppers Cricket Cricket Club play a lot of Sunday fixtures, and this year 
struggled more than ever really haven't we the players yeah. um, and we've never really been a club that have struggled like that have we so you know and, and being midweek captain as well um, finding midweeks very very difficult this season and whether that's Covid you know may, you know there must be something there must be something going on and a, mm. f- a few games have been conceded this season so you know it's frustrating but you know hopefully you know when we get back to normal next, you know next season I still agree I don't think teams will come back Mm. Uh, but you don't play for your TV unless you're Albert Brian Frankton. Um, no, you do. Do we? Are we? Are we kind of underestimating the, you know, the social element of the tea of everyone getting around the table, having that little chat in between the games, rather than kind of being. I mean, I know obviously when we're talking about Albury quite a lot, you we're sat on our chairs, everyone's distanced, everyone eats the tea, and then some people are going off and doing a warm up, some people aren't. Yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. You're absolutely right there. At Oldbury, you've got the opposition on the opposite side of the ground as well during the game, so you don't even get the interaction with the opposition, which is a lot mm. of people like that. And we're, we're spaced out, socially distance on the boundary, so definitely, you know, you don't get to really socialise as much as you like during the game. It's, as I say, it's getting easier now, but last season certainly was um, mm. was difficult. Do we think that there's like other external things that you know, with with or like we're saying with all walks of life, you know, finances are being hit. You know, people are, you know, the furlough pay and things like that, and people are having to make hard decisions about where they spend their money and where they spend uh, their time and their day. And uh, you know, p- people probably having to do shifts on a weekend. Maybe do you think that that's possibly an element that you, you know, that's not really in well in cricket teams' control? Yeah, I mean. I don't know what people have done, but last season when it was a COVID year, I do know there was a couple of people that took the year off, mm. and you know maybe they got into work and thought, do you know what, financially I'm so much better off. Um, I know full well from from a darts point of view, I play darts on a Monday and Friday. God, the financial difference just ginormous, and uh, it's probably doing me a bit of good for my health as well, to be honest with you. Mm. So you know, taking time off a of sport. I mean, I know lads like Adam Williams, for example. Uh, if everyone knows Adam Williams from from Kund, he hasn't he hasn't played a game. Fishing, yet. Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, he might be back this week. Might be back playing. Have a good scene playing. Yeah. He might have twisted his arm, but um, he uh, he gave up and, and started fishing a lot more, and he found out that he enjoyed fishing more than cricket, really. So, yeah, I'm sure that's one one person we know from one club, and other clubs are struggling. I'm sure there's loads out there that are struggling. Mm. And, it, it has been one of the things looking down the leagues that second 11s aren't not well aren't necessarily doing as well as you would expect which i guess you'd say is a knock on effect and like you're saying Joss it's you know it's it's not just a thing that seems to be attracted by Albury but things that we're looking at as well is there's new incentives that there's new you know things going on the Shropshire have had their 100 tournament which by all accounts went down well and they had uh, the finals day which was uh, well Competed by Sentinel, Quat, Ludlow, and uh, Whitchurch, and Quat came out on top. And by all accounts, everyone said a great day. Yeah, I, I, I was actually going to pop up and have a look. Uh, obviously, being really good friends with the friends of the podcast Sentinel, mm. um, they uh, they didn't quite get through the semi final. Unfortunately, I was going to pop up and have a look at the final, uh, but I decided to. Uh, to, to work the day unfortunately mm. um, but yeah I think Quat are a really good side I think you know on paper looking at it they, they were the favourites I would say at the start of the day but I've got to say Ludlow and we'll probably talk about this a bit later on I think they've really done well this season I think Luke in the pre-season preview 
Um, he, he definitely he warned us, didn't he? He said they were going to be a good side, and I think they're looking at you know pushing top four this season in the Prem. So mm. um, I wasn't surprised they're in the final. It went right to the wire, didn't it? As well, which is just what you want in a hundred mm. match. Um, Wasn't it the, the women's hundred final on Sunday as well? Yeah, yesterday. yeah, we had the women's final, which uh, went down really well. Seven Storm won. Yeah, Nathan Nathan Bartram was umpiring. Yeah, congratulations to always Lara Jones, who was uh, part of the winning team, I believe. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lara Jones, whilst we're here, first ever Albury first, well, female first team captain, mm-hmm. um, which went down very well, and I thought she captained really well the other day, and uh, hopefully the start of well more women. Being, a, being able to get into roles like that and uh, captain inside she did a fantastic job um, but yeah something obviously that it, well, happened with the 100 which I'd be interested to get your guys uh, opinions on before we move on to uh, talking about each of the divisions in uh, well individually colour kit white and pink balls do we think that obviously Andy you play Birmingham League um, in case anyone doesn't know you might have heard um I think you scored some runs once, and uh, a long time ago. <laughs> in uh, in the Birmingham League, obviously you win lose draw. Your whites and red kit, well, whites and red ball. But then for win lose, your uh, coloured kit and white balls. Now, obviously, something that I've I've heard a few rumours going round of potential idea that obviously in the Shropshire Prem, maybe even you extend it to Div One. It may be a bit harder with Div One, but you never know of uh, changing to colour kits and pink balls potentially for the win-lose section. I mean, the idea, I think, between the pink balls is that you're not forcing clubs to have to lay out on side screens. You can still use the white screens. And obviously, for some teams, if they don't have access to colours, they can still wear their whites, which is a benefit. And, I mean, you look at this all those sides who played at the finals day and you look at all the other teams who are in the league, they've all pretty much got a coloured kit and uh, talking about incentives and getting people involved, surely that's maybe another step or do we think that that's a positive thing that we we could bring in? What has everyone thought on the potential uh, of that? Well, I think we're seeing more and more of it nowadays, which is which is good. As far as I can say, I am a fan. Grasshoppers, we try and play in colour kit whenever we can on a Sunday. We always check the opposition first, make sure they don't mind. We provide, <coughs> excuse me, the pink balls if necessary. I think you're right if you extend it down as low as, as, low as Division 1, still the second highest division. Um, there may be some clubs that might object and perhaps not want to fork out for a coloured kit. Mm. But I think all the clubs in the Prem are certainly big enough to to go along with it. So yeah, I think, I th- I think it's a good idea. I'd welcome it. Mm. Yeah, like we said, Joss, we play hoppers and on a Sunday and we wear coloured kit and I love it. I think it's such yeah. a great thing to do and it just brings up something a bit different and you feel a bit more I don't know a bit different don't you think and well I'm a big advocate for it um, I'm still obviously playing in uh, the Birmingham 2 um, the first five games absolutely loved it the white ball obviously it does help that we're very good at white ball cricket but um, I, I'm not particularly keen on the draw system still um, so I, I believe personally it should be coloured kit white ball all season uh, mm. and I've been very impressed with the white balls actually the, the Dukes they've been very good mm. um, but when you look at as, as Joss says feeding down through the leagues sort of I, I always see the, the Shropshire League follow on to the Birmingham League mm. um, so sort of what Nick Archer does it does follow on, on into the, the Shropshire League so if the Shropshire Prem do it next year trial the year 
mm. uh, and see how it gets on. Um, I reckon they'd enjoy it because mm. it is so much better. Honest to God, it's the kits these days are lovely as well, aren't they? Mm. And uh, you know, it, it does. I, I, I don't know how. It, I know what you mean because mm. I don't know. It's a funny feeling when you're wearing coloured kit. It just feels mm. so much better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's only a bit of clothing, isn't it? But mm. it, it just makes a hell of a difference. And in the evening league, um, fair play, I, I messaged uh, Ray Collins start of the season, and I said, Ray, we've got some new kit at, at, um, at Grasshoppers, and I said, would you mind if we use them midweek? And he said, as long as the other teams uh, are happy for you to, uh, to to wear them, mm. he says, why not? You know, cricket's got to move on. Yeah. Uh, and I said, right, well. You know, the fact is, Frankwell gets dark at night. We don't have sight screens mm. because it's a, you know, obviously beacon of the, the main side at Frankwell on the weekend. They lock them up. So it's it's too much faffing about before a game. So, you, you know, later in the evening, pink balls, so much easier to see. And it, I think it's had a real positive effect. I mean, Whitchurch, we played them last week. They let us wear our kit at their place. We supplied the pink balls. Mm. And I, I think they enjoyed it from what they told us. They, they absolutely loved it. And the men in York that have their own coloured kit? Uh, well, obviously, I've said to them, you know, we're going to wear a coloured kit and a pink ball if you want to wear a coloured kit. And unfortunately, uh, some of them don't. I mean, Whitchurch, they do have the coloured tops, but unfortunately, because it's not required in the league, and, and the, the sort of, obviously, in the evening league, they probably had about three, four first-teamers with, with the rest, all young second-teamers. So, you, you know, it's hard to give them all... Give them all kit. So we played Wednesday yesterday. They, they all had colour kits. Yeah, it was French. fantastic. They had, they had a pre-season friendly against Kunz. They they had colour kits. So. Yeah, it was so really it, well, when both teams. Were, yeah. You, you look, yeah. I think it looks really impressive. Oh, it does. Yeah. It's it's a it's a nicer spectacle, and also if you're wanting to get young kids and people involved and interested in the game, you know they're watching these teams and they're seeing the colour kits a bit more, or you know, mm. and maybe it is maybe it is a way that you get people involved and. I mean, you look at what we did with Grasshoppers, sorry to keep going on with it, but it was just a case of, if you want to buy it, it's the, this much, like 30 quid, wasn't it, or something for your t-shirt and your kit and stuff like that. And then you've, you know, you've got your main, your main 11 or 12, 13, 14 players and you can, that gets organised, but then Joe bought extra kind of, mm. a couple extra kits, which just for people who turn up who don't have the kit and then you can provide those. Now, Obviously, I can hear you all screaming at your um, whatever you're listening to, and uh, you're probably saying, "But you know, obviously, with this colour kit comes those extra expenses." And I mean, if the league was to introduce this, I think something that they probably have to consider is the possibility that this gap, you know, that we talk about between those top sides and the rest, could you know, could get even bigger because you've got it's kind of haves and have-nots and when some teams like we've mentioned Joss are struggling to get players available on a weekend you know getting players to commit to I know it's only 30 quid but you know how bad it how hard it is to get cricket tees out of players you know it's um it's that it's that other level isn't it what well, one thing I would I would say is obviously uh, playing at Wem obviously we play 50-50 and that's double the kit mm. so you've got to buy white kit and green kit mm. so Again, I still feel that the higher the leagues, so mm. I, I do believe that the Birmingham League and uh, the Prem, it's only my opinion, other people will disagree, other people will agree, should be playing just literally white ball, 50 over cricket, um, and, and then you only need your green kit. 
all mm. season. You know, you don't need whites. Uh, and then you have to buy green kit. You can buy a green kit. It can last three or four, five seasons, you know, where, because we buy whites very often. I probably have two or three pairs of whites and a couple, mm. of, couple of club shirts. I wouldn't have to buy them if it was just colours. So, your, your kit must be more expensive than ours as well because it's got more material, isn't it? He doesn't have to pay for it, does he? He gets given it. Well, he gets turned a quid again. I'll go to Millet's yeah. ID. Millet's. <laughs> pick it up from there. Get rid of the tent tucks. And... When was the last time you actually paid for kit, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I think you've I still got one in Mal Surplus. Sentinel I do plenty that <laughs> To be fair, at, at Sentinel, God, I had so many hand-me-downs, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Where <are you> from? <laughs> they all whipped together and they made it like, you know, one of them quilted... <laughs> one of the half and half shirts but it's just two sets of whites <laughs> but anyway I think we've moved on from there and uh, yeah it's been an interesting start to the season and I think we'll start by breaking down the Premier Division okay so in the Premier Division we've got Werfield on top with 272 we've got Friends of the Podcast Sentinel First Eleven in second place on 227 we've got Quats first eleven having played one less game on two hundred and thirteen. Ludlow in fourth one eight seven. Maidley in fifth in one seven seven. Newport one seven three and sixth. Whitchurch in seventh with one seven two. Wellington in eighth one five nine. Shelton in a ninth one two four. Old Scott Heath in at tenth with hundred and eleven. Nelson and uh, in eleventh. Second from bottom, Frankton first eleven on seventy four, and in twelfth, bringing up the rear, Shrewsbury second eleven on sixty six. So initial thoughts, guys. Anything jumping out of you? Any big surprises? What are your big talking points so far at halfway stage? The thing that jumps out to me, I'm so surprised that Shrewsbury hold everyone else up. Wouldn't have seen that at the start of the season, but I think generally as a club, they seem to be. Not as strong as they have been in previous years. I think the ones are struggling as well, aren't they? Mm. So yeah, that, that's um, that was a real shock to me. I'm also very pleased that Sentinel are proving us wrong. I know we were a bit um, damning of them pre-season. Who, but who are they proving wrong? Uh, not us. Not not me. Not us. Did, we did we predicted oh, they'd do all right. Well, it's Luke, uh, Alex, uh, Joe. Oh yeah, them lads. <laughs> Sell shops lads. Hey, we're friends of the podcast. <laughs> you know, we've always backed him. We've always backed him. The Sentinel are proving uh, a lot of people wrong by doing very well. You know, the second. So I'm, I'm delighted to see them up there. Actually, um, mm. although I back their seconds do very well in mm. uh, Div Two, but they, they struggle a little bit. Mm. So, um, but I'm delighted their first have done so well. Andy, for me, uh, probably looking at Whitchurch down in 7th and Wellington 8th um, yeah. uh, both two teams you know that they should be pushing up there really mm. um, I think uh, I think Wellington lost a couple of players and Whitchurch have had a big change haven't they um, and lost lost a few players but gained a few players mm. so yeah but I'm, I'm pretty surprised with them really but I think uh, the lads at the top look like they've been very consistent so you can't mock what they've done and it is great to see Sentinel up there uh, from a personal point of view mm. for me potentially Quat uh, started off slowly starting to pick up the pace yeah. now but 
you know, you'd have expected them maybe to have been the pace setters, but still finding themselves in 13th. What do we think? Do we think Quattle going to make a run for it in the final half of the season? Do you think that's well, where it'll go? They've got no chance, in my opinion. They're 59 points behind Worthfield. There's only, you know, there's only seven games left. So, I think, no disrespect to Quattle. Yeah. It'd be a superhuman effort if they do catch them. Do they replay that game, though, or not? Is it is it just a... I don't know. We'll have to find out. Because, obviously, in, in the Birmingham League, we play average points. So, when you're off uh, with COVID... You, you just get your average points per mm. game. I don't know if it's the same in the Prem. I don't know if it's already been added on. I, I wouldn't have a clue. Mm. Or is it five, an abandoned game? I'm, I'm mm. not sure. Um, but I, I've got to say, if that is the case, and they don't replay it, it's a long, long way to come from behind. And I, I, they've still got to play each other, haven't they? Mm. That is a massive game. Because if they do get on a run, um, you never know. But yeah, I just can't see Warfield slipping up now. They've been too consistent. Mm. Teams like that get on a winning run. The only thing I would say is Quat winning the hundred will just fill them with, uh, you know, that extra spice to get up there and and win the league. And the pressure that Alex put them under pre-season, mm. you know, saying they were going to walk it, you know, they're under a bit of pressure to uh, to push up that table, aren't they? Mm. So one of the big talking points, it's nothing to do with what's going on in the Prem, really. It's to do with what's going on in the Birmingham League, Andy. And that is the potential situation of Oswestry Cricket Club coming down from the Birmingham League and what implications that may have. Now, for those at the bottom end of the table, they're going to be watching that really closely because obviously if Oswestry come down, it's all on Warfield to go up for some of those clubs down the bottom because then you could end up with... Well, a couple having to push down, and because it's the knock-on effect, isn't it? Uh, one, one thing I will say: I don't want to talk too much about the Birmingham League with Oswestry, you know, looking like they could possibly go down. Because, because at the end of the day, in reality, we could still go down. So, I don't really want to speak about it too much. But um, if a club came down from the Birmingham League, it's only going to make Shropshire cricket stronger. But I completely understand if a club that have done. I mean, I, I think Allscott and Shelton have done really well this season. I think you look at you look at the bottom clubs. I think Shrewsbury have struggled with availability, without a doubt. You look at their first team. Their first team have really struggled this season. They have got a few players back now, so whether or not that will strengthen the twos and they might push up and give it a little push at the end of the season, but they just look a bit too far gone, don't they? Now I think they're in big trouble there. Mm. Frankton, I think, are going through a stage where I hear a couple of rumours. I'd like to ask a few of the lads really, but uh, a few rumours that they they might want to go down and start rebuilding again. They're a fantastic club. They've got some great players there, but it's been hard go in the Prem Forum over the last few last couple of seasons, and the you know the the COVID season just just means you remain in the league for another year. Uh, so they've had it hard. But for Allscott Shelton, I think Shelton are doing really well. I've got to say, uh, I think they've done fantastic so far. Uh, you know, I know they're only sat in ninth, but they're they're looking good, picking up some good wins. You know, for for them too, you just. They could go down, mm. and and they both look very good side to have brought players in, you know, strengthen their squads. It's got to be worrying times, really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because without jumping ahead into the next division, but there are definitely two sides who will look like they're going to be moving. Well, we're going to be looking to go up. So you're looking at definitely two coming up from Div One, 
and then yeah it, it, well, it all depends on what happens with those sides and what happens there so let's move on to some player performances so top of the run scoring is Bazit Zaman with 496 you know Joe at the beginning of the season in his preview said it's going to be a big season for him and uh, he felt like he was going to turn up and he very much has Oliver Jilks uh, 446 runs Oliver Plank 443 Maz uh, on 443 as well, and Shaquille Richards on 433. Also good to see Tom Whitney and Kyle Klein up there in the runs yeah, the on uh, 387. Yeah, good start for those uh, for those guys. And with the bowling, you've got Joe Williams of Ludlow leading the race for the... Well, he's, he's winning it by a country mile at the moment on 39 wickets. Ryan Quiney in second with 28. Dan Lloyd and Will Weir a joint third on 27. Matthew Reese and Kyle Klein both on 26. Then you've got Shabir Khan, 25. Um, Jahar Ahmed on 24. And then, friend of the podcast, Jimmy Shaw on nicest, 24 wickets. Nicest, nicest man bloke in cricket. In, yeah, yeah, nicest bloke in Shropshire cricket, should we say? Is 100%. there um, I don't know anyone, nice than, than, don't know anyone that dislikes him. Such a nice lad. And uh, Always smiling. And got himself into the Shropshire squad as well. Yeah, well done, Jimmy. Yeah, well done, Jim. So, uh, yeah, uh, thoughts on that, guys? Um, looking at it, I mean, I'm really pleased. I've got to say, when we spoke pre-season about players coming in and how teams are going to do, um, I've got to say, it's the first season since since Elliot Hitchin was the uh, overseas for Sentinel that they've had an overseas that really is doing it for the club. Mm. Uh, and that's no disrespect to the lads that have been and, have been and gone. Uh, but with Kyle this season... He's looked fantastic, and I mean, he's missed the last two weeks through bowling, through injury. So, he's, and, and the stats back that up. You know, he's in yeah. the top ten for batting and bowling. I, I mean, you look at the league table; he probably is the top all rounder. Mm. Um, but but looking at the bowling, Ryan Quiney always consistent. I don't know Joe Williams that well, but thirty nine wickets—it's just a joke. He's flying. Um, Shabir Khan, not surprised he's up there. Uh, Ryan Brown was the big signing for Whitchurch. Mm. Uh, I mean, 23 wickets, sitting down in 10th. Probably would have been hoping for more. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 big up there. I mean, you look at Wearfield though. You look at the in the top five, they've got three bowlers, mm. and that's the difference, isn't it? If you've got three bowlers doing that, I mean, four in the top, you got four, uh, yeah, and in the batting, you got uh, three in the top ten, and you've got the top two. So. <sighs> You know that's why they win the league. Consistent players, consistent runs, consistent wickets. Mm. Um, Talking yeah. about someone who we picked to have a good season this year, Connor Cheshire, in nineteenth uh, um, with two hundred and forty-two runs. And um, yeah, so on that, guys, um, let's pick out some players who who are your standout players and uh, your standout team so far for the first half. One team, one player. Andy. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going for Bazit Saman. I, mm. I just think, Agreed. you know, it's mainly what Joe has said. Um, I'm just trying to think on previous seasons. I don't think he's scored the runs as he has this season. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm not really too clued up on him, but um, he, he's really taken it by the off the net this season and just seems to be a run machine. Um, and I think that really is what Werfield needed because they've mm. got the squad. They've already got the squad. Um and, and he's just really completed the, the jigsaw mm. really and, and, and smashed it so fair play to him he's done very well for me my, my standout team is uh, just because of the way they bounced back having lost so many players in the winter is Sentinel 
to be second in the league at this stage, I think is superb, having mm. lost Zimmer and Andy and Joe and Callum and others. So to still be second is superb. And from that team, I'll, I'll select one of their new signings as my player is James Shaw. Mm. He's bowled more maidens than anyone else in that division. He's bowled 32 maidens. Phenomenal effort and taking 24 wickets. So Miserly. And he can hold a bat. <laughs> he definitely can. He definitely can. I think that nicely rounds up the Prem. Now let's move on to Division 1. Okay, and moving ourselves on to Division 1 and top of the pile, St George's first 11 on 244. Shifnal's second 11 on 198. Close on their tail, Newtown on 191. Chirk on 187, really close up the top there. Bridgenall's second 11 then in fifth with 170. Bomir first 11 on 155. Wellington in seventh, well, joint seventh with uh, Warfield on 140. Wellington only having played 13 compared to Warfield's 14. Then Kundin at ninth on 124. Beacon in at 10th on 102. Mighty Alberbury CC in 11th on 98. And bringing up the rear, Ponsbury first 11 in 12 on 41. So, guys. First up, what is jumping out at you there? Um, I think I think pre-season we predicted that the bottom three would probably be as they are now. We didn't necessarily define an order. But I think we all agreed that Ponsby, Beacon and Albury would be struggling. So I think we got that right. Kun started really well. They've just dropped off a bit now, so they're fourth and bottom now. But um, it's, it's interesting, having played a few games in that division, that St George's, although they are top by quite some distance we gave them a good run for their money the other day mm. you know we've given I mean Schiffel absolutely annihilated us but other than that you know, we've had good games against St George's good games against Bowmere if I beat Bowmere once nearly beat Werfield last week so it does show that we can compete mm. with pretty much everyone in that league which is reassuring but we are presently second and bottom yeah it's it's those fine margins isn't it yeah. really it's yeah. that you know, the getting over the line. I think Alberbury's problem this year is obviously, like you said, availability. And when you've got a few players who are, you know, well, I think we've turned up with play a couple of players some, at some points this season who can't even get into the third 11, yeah. uh, who have been making Youth up the one. numbers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's it's always, it's always going to be a bit of a struggle. But, I mean, it's those fine margins that change games, but also, you know, X-factor performances from other sides and individual players that really kind of winning the games. But yeah, I have to say, really impressed. Uh, uh, St. George's, great bunch of blokes. Um, they were absolutely delighted to play against. Mm. They really were, yeah. And uh, Schiffnall, um, you know, I mean, we, could, we would have needed to have scored about 400 that day. I think they... They, they, for me, they're the most impressive side that we played. I thought Newtown's bowling attack is possibly. Well, I, well, I haven't played Chirk yet this season, but I think their bowling attack was has been the best that we faced. Um, I think they were exceptional. I think you know Chirk yet to play them yet, but I mean, well, we'll go on to talk about how how good their players have been this season. Then you know, then your Bridge North, your Bowmeers, your Wellingtons. You know, they've all got solid players from one to eleven who all do a job and who all do really well and. Now again, good groups of blokes, and um, yeah, Warfield second eleven, Kund, Beacon, Alberbury. I think you know those teams are all kind of much of a muchness, and I don't think there was much much in it in the games that we played against those sides, and both both tight affairs, and then obviously Ponsbury find themselves down in twelfth. Now, 
obviously Ponsbury, it's it's sad seeing a side like Ponsbury so far adrift at the bottom. But how much, you know, how much, you know, everything was going so well a few seasons ago, top of the table, winning it like country mile the best team in Division One to where they are now, Joss. Um, yeah, I mean they, they lost. They lost a couple of players. They lost Dan Walker to Shelton. They lost Matty Hartson to Kund. Um, everyone else. But again, you look at some of their big names that aren't playing regularly. Mike Bellamore, I think, is playing seconds more than first. Um, Pat Cudmore's not as available as he normally is. I think Owen Morris isn't playing as much as he was last year. Uh, I'm not sure about Steve Wilson, but um, but yeah, they certainly haven't got the same eleven they had last year. That's for sure. Regularly. <coughs> I'm interested, Andy, because it's obviously something that you bring up quite a lot. You know, once teams get on a run of losing games, it's quite hard to get out of that. You know, and their their form has never kind of really found its way since, you know, the halfway point of that season when they were top and they looked like they were going forwards. You know, and the availability issues started really for Pontsbury. I feel it's, they've never quite brought it back you know mm. you know it's, it's different for Alberbury and Beacon because they didn't kind of reach those heights it's all kind of been much of a muchness in that regard but it's it's quite a surprise and a shock to see Pontsbury down where they are because you would have said they were off previous seasons the best of the rest yeah uh, <clears throat> obviously I, I, I agree with what you said I, I literally was about to say that um, I think once, once teams get in a bit of a rut and in a tricky situation um, it, it can be really bad for you and I just think since that season when they were flying on top of the league for some reason their availability changed uh, and you know it's, it's not you know for me to say but did they throw the league mm. I don't know they, they've bitten back a few times at the podcast when we said it but it sure looked like it um, so it's just all gone downhill from then unfortunately they've lost players that I think fairly have moved well, obviously, Matt Hartshorn's moved to Kund, um, but Dan Walker's moved up, which is mm. fine. Players have moved up. Owen's had a child. Hugh Morris. Str- struggling for a place. He's gone to Wellington as Hugh well. Hugh Morris, is, and I tell you player. what, he looked fantastic he looked, on Sunday. He looked a very good player. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With losing players like that and then... With the selection issues they had a couple of it was a couple of years ago and ever since then it's just all gone downhill. Sometimes I always say it. I think teams need to, uh, and obviously knocking going out of the league. Mm. It's another place. I mean, knocking would have been down there as well, wouldn't they? So, mm. um, you know, I think sometimes it's it, get this season out of the way, 
rebuild next season. They've got mm. a lot of youngsters at the club and yeah. rebuild and start again, really. That's one of the good things about Ponsby, isn't it? They've got a good youth section. I mean, the one thing that you would say is what obviously what you said earlier, Joss, is you know, you look at their team sheet most weeks and you know, without being, you know, it's you're not you're not going, Oh, I you know, it's not it's not Pat Cobmore every week, you know, it's not like you said, Owen Morris, you know, these, these players who you know are tried and tested and, you know, you you think of as Ponsbury, you know. I mean, the likes of Matt Smart, I don't think he's played much this mm. year. Mark Lewis is expected yeah. a kid next month as well, so, yeah. Anyway, moving away from Ponsbury um, and moving up up the division, thoughts on uh, thoughts on St George's and Schiffnall, top two, and this, this wow, it's, it's the battle for second, it pretty much looks like, with Schiffnall. Newtown, Chirk, and potentially Bridge North. I, but I'd probably say Schiffnall, Newtown, Chirk, all fighting for the, that, that top two spot because I think that'll probably be it, won't it? It'll be the top two who will go up from Division One this year. It's, it's definitely going to be tight, and there's some some good teams up there, and uh, there have been some big performances from certain clubs. And uh, Joss, what are your thoughts? Who, who would you who would you say are your early favourites? Well, St George is so far clear. They're forty six points clear. I think they're up. Pretty much, mm. and good luck to they deserve to go. As I said, we played them last week, a uh, weekend before last. Absolute delight to play against them. Lovely bunch of guys. Um, in terms of second, it's anyone's game. You know, Sheffield 198, Newtown 191, Chirk 187, even Bridge North with a game in hand, mm. 170. So you know, they're they're up there as well. Um, I didn't play against Sheffield, but it sounds like they were mm. they were pretty decent. So I would say that the top two as they are will go up. That, mm. that's, that's my guess. And but New, Newtown must have gone on a bit of a roll because mm. I looked at the table six, seven weeks ago. They were they were not many points mm. above Albury. So Andy, what's jumping out at you in this uh, division? Well, I'm I'm sort I'm not surprised that they're up there, but I, I'm surprised with the gap at the top with St George's. Um, obviously, one thing I always say um, about these clubs that are second teams. It does depend on first team availability, and I've looked at the team that Schiffman have put out lately, and there's some good. I mean, uh, Jack Twigger is you know, an ex Shropshire player, and I know he, I think he's coming back from injury, but he's mm. an ex Shropshire player. You know, he's got so much talent, and he's scoring runs with the bat as mm. uh, you know, as as well as bowling a, a few overs. I didn't think he bowled that many on mm. Saturday, but I mean, the quality of him playing in that league, mm. you know, they, they're going to do well. Newtown are always consistent, and I wouldn't write Newtown off because. Mm. You know, as I say, if if Schiffnall have a couple of weeks, maybe where there's a few away, maybe there's a wedding. You know, you know it's going to be massive for the club. And they'll all be in the ones, and and teams like Newtown can just plod along and, mm. and and do well. And I've got to say, the one that surprised me is is Chirk. I know they've got some good players. They're a very talented side, and we've talked about them for a long time now, moving up the leagues. But I just I'm very surprised how well they've done. They've mm. done so well, and I'm seeing. How the likes of Andrew Swarbrick, who we've talked about a lot, yeah. just flying in the league. Like it's, it's just looking at, you know, they've got three of the yeah. top five batsmen: Swarbrick, Nick yeah. Flack, and Gareth Partridge. One, yeah. three, and five. And fair play to them. You know, the, when they joined the Shrops League a couple of years ago, and the, the league mm. sides put them in Division Two, which was bang on. Yeah, they went up, and now they're on the brink of going up to Div One. Good yeah. luck to them. It's yeah. it's it's and amazing. Prem, sorry. Like you, you normally look at clubs, and when clubs go up, and they have say standout players that are, are top players. Um, you know they, they sometimes come into the league and it takes them a season to get going mm. they're just flying mm. and it, it's great to see because I always like fresh faces in mm. the league 
you know, about three or four years ago, Division One was quite stale. Uh, when, mm. when I played for Kund, uh, when I well, I played my last season at Kund, it was six years ago. Sorry, it was just getting a bit stale. The same mm. teams were in the league. Same Is that why you got relegated? And then uh, we didn't get relegated from Division One. Thank you. Fuck off. Shut up, Joss. Um, anyway, um, but uh, another one I want to say is the the fight between the three at the bottom is possibly becoming maybe a four. Mm. Uh, Kund have definitely dipped off. Mm. Um, a lot of good friends at Kund, and I, I did go to Kund on Saturday since mm. we had a COVID week off. And um, you know, without being disrespectful, their lack of discipline with the ball, and uh, again batting as well. Uh, getting out in clumps losing wickets in clumps after good partnerships and also bad discipline in the field mm. you know they, they could easily if, if one of your you know what Alberbury or B can get a win yeah. and Alberbury slip, uh, and couldn't keep slipping up easily they could get dragged into that yeah, I, I, still I, think, I, I don't think I there's much be, I, I don't think there's much between those teams no. and, but I think the thing probably, is though I you think only need a couple a wins side. I think they're a better side on paper but it doesn't work on paper and Adam Williams is coming back that's massive for them because their bowling, the disciplines are just not not quite good enough. Mm. So looking at if Adam comes back in, that's massive. That's mm. a huge statement. Yeah. Right. Moving on to be a, a spicy game last game of the season. Albury against Beacon. There could be, be a lot riding on that. Yeah. Oh God. I, I hope we this... only had one spicy encounter. So uh... yeah, I heard, I heard all about that off the off the grapevine. I heard it was uh, quite yeah, a tasty one. Very very interesting with some dubious. Uh, yeah, we won't go into it. Anyway, I let's go. We'll do we'll do a bonus extra show and we'll talk about it if you want. We'll wait uh, till Jamie's here. <laughs> we'll wait till yeah. Jamie's here. Get his side to it. If he's still playing for them. <laughs> so going through player performances, uh, top of the runs, uh, Andrew Swarbrick, five hundred thirty-six runs, uh, an average of sixty-seven at a strike rate of one fifty. Um, you've got Lewis Sedgley, uh, who's on. 434 runs Nick Flack in 410 runs Joe Yap 393 Gareth Partridge 341 Mark Jones 312 and Stephen Taylor 294 with Matt Martin on 292 in 8th then the bowling you've got Darren Moody on 28 Stephen Taylor on 27 George Davis 26 Theo Pickin 25 Andrew Swarbrick 23 Yian Griffiths on 23 Chris Stretch on 20 level with Joe Monk and Guy Leslie and Billy Swarbrick in at 10th now Chris Stretch uh, in at 7 good signing for Beacon and uh, he's someone who's moved up the league and uh, doing well this season but um, guys someone who I would like to pick out as uh, my standout player and we'll get it started uh my standout player in Division 1 this season is Stephen Taylor. I think absolutely unbelievable cricketer. And uh, I know we talk about Andrew Swarbrick quite a lot, so I thought I'd uh, mix it up and go for someone different. Uh, Jossa? Yes, I was going to go with Stephen Taylor as well, so thanks. <laughs> um, in which case, I'll I'll go Darren Moody, to be honest. I think he bowls very intelligently. When you look at Kun's position in the league... And he's top of the wicket takers. That's a tremendous tribute to him, and uh, he's also a very nice guy. So well done, Darren. Andy. He was a he's a big miss on Saturday as well, by the way. Yeah. Mm. He was well. Obviously, Andrew Swarbrick's doing absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, Stephen Taylor's yeah, a great cricketer, uh, fantastic player. Um, 
you know what? I'm, I'm just going to... The, the stand-up player, I'm going to go for Yayan. Because I've seen him over the years. And I heard a lot of rumours that he's um, he's really come on as, as a bowler. And I've heard he's bowled some really good spells. I've heard he's had one bad spell this season. So, mm. you know, just, just someone, you know, who mm. I, I'm pleased for, really. Mm. And I'm pleased for Albury because... Uh, he signed from Montgomery and it was a really good little signing at the time because yeah, the lad's got good. a lot of all-round ability. He's so. done a lot for the club as well. He's uh, He's been an all-round all round player and he's been very good. Anyway, and uh, finally, our, our one pick. Pick your team quickly as we're going around. Andy, one team to pick. St. George is just fantastic. Joss. Richard. Fantastic. Let's move ourselves on to Division 2. Okay, so we move ourselves on to Division 2 and top of the table, Shelton, second 11 on 222. Second place, St. George's on 189. That's a good season for St. George's this year. And third place, Chelmarsh, first 11 on 183. That's interesting considering everything that was uh, spoken about their double promotion. And uh, fourth place, Knock in on one seven one Montgomery in at fifth on one fifty nine Oswestry second eleven on one fifty eight Ludlow second eleven in seventh on one fifty five Forton first eleven on one fifty one Sentinel second eleven in ninth on one forty eight Lillishaw first eleven on one forty one and your bottom two are Ellesmere first eleven on one twenty eight and Shifnal third eleven bringing up the rear on one sixteen So guys. Lots of talking points in this division, I feel. And uh, what's standing out for you? I'll go with uh, Chelmarsh for a start. I just think, you know, after the double promotion and uh, a lot of people um, coming out, I, I wouldn't say they, they were too overjoyed, um, especially the club that went down because of it. Um, but they're proving that they're a good side in that league. I, I do say uh, all the time that the league changed the format <clears throat> to find the strongest to, to make the leagues as strong as they can. Mm. So I sort of disagreed slightly with double promotions. I wasn't really an advocate for it. But at the end of the day, it, you can't say they got it wrong, can you? Because mm. they've had a great season. And uh, Connor Glenn Denning's playing midweek for me at Grasshoppers. And I've got to say, what a player there. And he loves it at Chelmarsh. And it doesn't sound like you can get him away from Chelmarsh. But I'm sure there's a lot of clubs looking at that lad and saying, we need him. He's an all-round talent. Mm. So... Um, yeah, no real surprise at the top for me. I think we always thought Shelton would do well. Knocking's an interesting one. They're fourth. Obviously, they asked to get relegated a couple of years ago. Um, they're only a win off being in a promotion place, which would be quite interesting if they go mm. back up having asked to go down. Um, I'm not sure what that says about them. Um, the one real surprise for me is, is Sentinel being as low as they are. They, they have picked up a bit, but mm. still fourth from bottom. I, I'd bet them to do a lot better than that. Yeah, um, Andy, thoughts on Sentinel? Uh, any any word on the street about the friends of the, of the podcast? I haven't really heard a lot. Um, unfortunately, obviously due to playing for, for Wem now, I haven't really been able to get down to watch Sentinel very much and see any of the boys much at all, really. Um, but, I mean, I, I didn't expect them to do as well as last year. They lost a big bulk of the first team. They have recruited really well. So... You know, I still, but I still think they've lost. They lost so many players that it was never going to be as easy this season. They've got Niall Salisbury, who's just just about to have his second child, so it's you know, it, it's difficult. They've lost a lot of players. Uh, I know Mark Lovelock, another one, 
congratulations, Mark. Just had a baby today. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's been a difficult time for him. So they'll pick up as long as they stay in that league. I think they'll rebuild next season. I think they're a good side still. Some talking points for me are, I think, well, you look at the top of the table, even though Shelton, second 11, are top of the table, obviously a lot of this will depend on what happens in that Premier Division. And, you know, it's all these knock-on effects, these little things, you know, if, if a Shropshire team come down from the Birmingham League, you know, if Worfield don't go up, you know, and or whoever wins doesn't go up, you know, and then you could end up knocking three down. And if Shelton are one of those three, then, you know, Shelton's second 11 won't be able to go up. And then, you know, then you're looking at your St. George's and your Chelmarsh to go up. Or maybe, you know, how many teams are they going to promote from Division 2? Are they May they just relegate only Pontsbury? you know, from Division 1, you know, may only be one team that goes up given that Shelton are by far and away miles ahead and there's one team who are quite far below everyone else. You know, it's some really interesting little subplots in this division and uh, something that I find quite surprising is, you know, your Lillishalls and your Ellesmere First Elevens, teams who have probably only recently been relegated, finding themselves in that bottom three. Obviously, when when we spoke um, about last season and the the fact that last season was just just literally a, a year where we could just enjoy your cricket, a lot of players didn't play, and a lot of players were kicking off saying, "Well, we won that league. Do we not deserve to go up mm. with the double promotions and the, you know the changes?" Well, if you look at what we were talking about, Lillishall and Sentinel were the two teams that would have gone up from that league. Mm. So it's it's a big surprise, really, that they're both so far down the table. I, again, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if they've lost players. I don't know about Lillishall, obviously. I know Sentinel have lost players. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting. And I've got to say, that was a great point, by the way, about Shelton. Um, because if Shelton first team did go down because of maybe, say, Oswestry or Wem or a club from Shropshire coming down... Mm. It's uh, it's fascinating to see what would actually happen. You mm. know, it's gonna it's gonna be a right change up in the league. And again, another great point from Joss about knocking. If knocking did get a few wins and pushed up that table, what's what's that show? I, I don't know the reasons why they want to relegate him, but for me, seeing how they're doing this season, would they be in the bottom three this season in Division One? You don't know, do you? They might, they probably won't be, would they? I you suspect know. if Albury or Pontsford in Division 2 they wouldn't be as high as knocking on eh? well that's what I mean yeah so it's it's very interesting I, I don't know the reasons why they wanted to get relegated but you know they've got a lot of youth there mm. but does it just show there that maybe they should just give it another go in Division 1 and I mean and something, something that's really interested me is obviously one of the main things we've been talking about all evening is sides struggling to get a couple teams out and second 11 struggling mm. and here we are in this division well, Shelton, a team who are doing well in the Prem for what well, what you would expect them to do. You know, they're doing well. Obviously, you know, the players at Shelton are probably be saying, well, we, did, we we should be higher and things like that, which yeah. is fair enough. But I mean, from outside looking in, and then St George's having a fantastic season and, uh, you know, Matty Conniff's boys having a, having a great start in, in this division, Joss. Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? Him and, um, and Conor Glendinning's boys, as you call them, are only six points apart in second mm. and third, so 
We had them on the podcast together the other day, so yeah. they're quite good at their battling out for a second. Bit of interesting chat on the WhatsApp group the other yeah. day, wasn't it, when they were trying to like suss each other out? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, looking looking at the performances, no surprise to see Conor Glenn Denning leading the run scorers in this division with 655 runs, an average of 72 with a high score of 148, a strike rate of 106.29. And nearly 300 runs behind him. <laughs> Aaron Rothcock <laughs> on 359, then Ad, uh, Adam Smith on 320, then Charles Thornton also, Charmarsh 306, Harry Walker 285, Andrew Barker 282, Max Smith 264, Philip Cordell a two five five, Matthew Chester's two four two, and Russell Morris two forty. In the bowling, you've got Gavin Price leading the wickets with twenty two. James Lawrence and Matthew Sayers hot on his tail with twenty one. Sam Jones on twenty. Pete Ezard, friend of the podcast, on nineteen wickets. David Northwood eighteen. Scott Kemsley seventeen. George Duncan, Sean Davis, and Edward Bennett both on sixteen. So it may sound like a stupid question, but who's everyone stand up performer in Division Two? Well, I, I'm not going to pick Connor uh, because he's just storming it. So I'm going to pick someone else. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go with somebody that. Um, that I've, I've played cricket with and uh, I know he has featured in the first team this season so his stats aren't up to what they could be in the seconds but Phil Cordell from Sentinel absolute quality cricketer and I've got to be honest even better bloke um, he scored 255 runs and has also taken 13 wickets so Fantastic all-round performance from him, and obviously there's other cracking. I mean, Aaron Roughcock's done fantastic as well, uh, but just, uh, just yeah, very, very pleased for for Phil. All, great all-round performance. Jossa, I've got to go with Connor. I'm sorry, he's that far ahead with the batting. Yeah, look at his stats. He's, he's just he's a bully. Six hundred fifty-five runs, averaging seventy-two point seven eight, strike rate of one hundred and six. It's just phenomenal stats, and he scored nearly. He's 296 runs ahead of the second highest run score. <laughs> it's just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he's done well. He's done good, hasn't he? Good uh, player. And 654 more runs than I've scored this season. And um, <laughs> He doesn't get run out all the time. <laughs> yeah. How many wickets he got? Well, my standout player is going to be Andrew Barker of Montgomery. 15 wickets and uh, 282 runs. He finds himself in sixth in the runs and... 13th in the wickets uh, good season so far for him so quickly once around the table your team so far of uh, well Division 2 guys and we'll start this one with Jossa oh it's a hard one I, I'll go with Charmarsh I think because they, they um, similar to Chirk really they just keep ending up towards the top of whichever division they're mm. in so good luck to them you know onwards and upwards so yeah I'll pick Charmarsh Andy I'm actually going to go with Monty I think they're a club that have been in a funny situation the last couple of years. I think going down from Division One that they've been in for quite a long time, haven't they? Um, I think I think they're really rebuilding by the look of mm. it. So I'm going with Monty, and I'm going to go for St George's second eleven, a team who've had a couple interesting years but have seemed to bounce back in style and find themselves in the top two and uh, performing to the standard that we all know that they really can do. And I think that nicely moves us on to our final division and Division 3. 
Right, moving on to Division 3 and top of the table, Roxeter and Uppington, friends of the podcast on 203, Wem second 11, I guess they are friends of the podcast now, Andy, on 193, Wellington third 11 on 192, Maidley second 11 in fourth on 179, Newport second 11 on 166, Church Aston in at sixth with 165, Willie first 11 in seventh 161, Harper's on 159, 9th Frankton on 155, All Brighton in at 10th on 142, Welsh Pool first 11 on 132, and bringing up the rear, Wheaton Aston in 12th on 117. So, once again, guys, I ask you what's jumping out at you in this division? For me, I'm surprised to see All Brighton as low as they are. It's not many years ago they were, I think, in the Prem. Um, to see them 10th in Division 3 is quite sad I'm also delighted that uh, one of my previous clubs Roxy and Uppington are top um, I know they were very disappointed to be relegated a few years ago at the expense of a double promotion I think it was so that they're reacting the right way by looks like winning the league so good luck to them well um, Joss has just said it actually Roxeter um, we did say the only way they could bounce back and uh, prove maybe it was a, a wrong decision to relegate them is to just go out and win the league mm. um, you know yes I, understandably it's another it's a season they've got to wait to get back up but I think they've bounced back in in the correct way um, and they're proving that they're you know that at the moment they're the, the best side in the league but you know I mean I, I obviously play at Wem and the, the thing with Wem is obviously playing in the Birmingham League their twos want to push up the league because it is very hard to breach that gap. I mean, yeah. for the for the lads playing second team cricket every week and then coming up to the first team, it's such a jump. Um, they really are going to want to push on now, um, and they'll they'll push Rockstar all the way. I know they will. And there's a lot of quality in that second team, and I I, I know for a fact that that they'll really give everything to to win that league. So um, it's not going to be easy running for for Rockstar, but. It is good to see him up there. So I'm going to go Rocks to you. There's a team stand out to me. Yeah, it's it's another interesting division where, you know, you've got a top three there. Roxeter, Wem, Wellington, big sides, uh, all within 11 points of each other going to the top. And then, like you said, we've got one team down the bottom. Wheaton, Aston, I don't know. I'd say I was quite surprised by that, really. I I thought they may, be, may have done a bit better than they've done so far. And like we've mentioned, you know, you've got sides like Welshpool, First Eleven, or Brighton, First Eleven sides that you'd... You know, you'd expect to be up there in the Shropshire leagues, down, down towards the bottom end, and you know, it's like we said, it's quite sad to see. But then also, you know, you're looking at sides like Church Ashton, your Harpers, you know, sides still thriving and doing well. <sighs> yeah, I think you know, it's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be interesting to see what what happens and how many go up from this division and uh, what places are up for grabs. Uh, moving on, so looking it further into this division and. Um, our top performers. So leading the run scoring with 428 runs is Amrit Laut um, of Harper's. 10 games, 428 runs, a high score of 95 and an average of 53.5 at a strike rate of 88.7. You've got Anuj Chandler on 369 runs. You've got Glenn Edwards on 366. You've got Ian Anderson on 338. Richard Everson on 320, G. Obsheet 
on uh, 317 runs. You've got Nathan Whittingham on uh, 310 runs in seventh. You've got Rob Davis on 302, Adam Shimmons on 281, and Dave Powell on 281. In the bowling, you've got Graham Hodson on 22 wickets, level with Nathan Whittingham on 22 wickets. You've got Grant Mackay on 21, level with Ben Marsden. You've got Lewis Goff on 20 with Stuart Rain, and then Lewis Davis, Sunil John, Gurjeet Saini on 19, and Edward Parton on 18. So tight up there, and again, something, you know, when you're looking at Wheat and Aston being bottom of the table, but they've got one of the top run scorers and they've got two of the top wicket takers in the top five, it does make you wonder what is going wrong there. But um, anyway, moving away from that, guys, who are your standout performers there? Who who, who are your thoughts? For me, I'd go with, with uh, Joe Obshoot of Rockstar. <laughs> I think he's done well. Um, he's got, just missed out some time, got 94 and 8, 317 runs, but yeah. Fair play, good luck to mm, him. Good from the I'm, I'm going to go for Nathan Whittingham. Mm. Just, just I love an all-rounder, so I'd like to back myself as an all-rounder, but I mm. don't get the figures he does. Um, yeah, he's he's flying. I'm not the figure he has. He's either. flying on 310 runs, and he has also picked up uh, the second. Well, no, he's joint leading with take with 22 wickets. So fair play, good, good to see. Mm. and uh, another player who's doing well in the runs and the wickets is Adam Shimmons who's got 17 wickets he's picked up a few he's level with uh, well level with Dan Harris the two lads that we had on the uh, pre-season and uh, yeah he's also in the runs with 281 so another good player who's uh, doing it well with both but yeah I'm you know anyone who's leading the run scoring I think Amrud Rouse is with 200 well with 428 an average of 53 that's that's some good going and uh, leading that Harper's side this season it seems but um yeah so guys looking at this table who's your standout team I'm going to Rockstar I'm so pleased for them they're, they're um, bouncing back from disappointment of being relegated they're you know top of the league and good luck to them I'm, I'm really pleased for them Andy Right, seeing as Joss went for his ex-club, I'm going to go for my new club. I'm going to go for Wem. Um, looking at the the, the table of, uh, of batting and bowling, the likes of Alex Olerenshaw, uh, and in the batting, um, you've got uh, Steve Blenkinsop. Uh, you know, a bit lower down the order, but if they were playing every week, week in, week out, and not playing first-team cricket, you know, I'd, I'd like to think they're higher up. So it's going to be interesting if availability is good now that we've had a, a couple of games called off with COVID unfortunately um, hopefully we can get our first team as strong as possible and that only means good things for the second yeah, team you had your second team as strong as possible the other day didn't you it, Craig was, Heath it wasn't a bad second Sam team Pitch, mate. Matt it wasn't a bad second team was it I mean Matt has played in the second team this season um, he, he was in a bad run of form and wanted to go get some runs and he, he I think he scored a 50 against Rockster in vain I think Rockster yeah, beat him yeah, yeah. Um, did you um did you not get picked for a second then? Uh, unfortunately, I've played too many games, so uh, I've played every game so far. Um, but no, um, yeah, Craig Zimmer was was desperate for for some runs. Yeah, <laughs> and he got four. He got four, <laughs> but he's he's had a he, it's been a indifferent season. He's just been a bit unlucky. I mean, the bowling's been fantastic against us this season. So he'll um, I'm sure he'll bounce back later in the season. But I was hoping he was going to go and get himself a nice a nice ton. Uh, but again, sat like Sam Pete, 
uh, and a few of the others they've been up and down so I just just it'd be nice to have a consistent first team everyone available and then all the second team is pushing and, and, yeah. and doing what's best for the club and hopefully getting promoted yeah I've got to say I think you know Roxeter are outstanding so far this season and everything that they've been through in the last few years great to see them bouncing back up and uh, yeah good to see it's, it's looking like it's going to be a great end to the season there with you know even you've got a few you know even Maidley aren't too far off you know 13 points behind Wellington and uh, they've got a game in hand so it's definitely all to play for in, in that division so that nicely moves ourselves on to our final section now on to our new section transfer rumours with the transfer guru Cheers, Jamie. Great insight. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, so something that I'd be interested to uh, move into in the next uh, few podcasts and get some suggestions that we want you guys to send us in. And maybe we bring a couple up and we debate one or two at the end of every podcast each, well, when I say each week, every time that we do it, which is what, at the moment, once every six months, it seems. Um, but one of the things I put out to Instagram and uh, we'll be putting out to, well, social media all over in the next, in the coming weeks after we've released this podcast is the question of if the Shropshire County Cricket League started up a Hall of Fame, which players would you think would be be selected in that Hall of Fame? So having an idea... Of all time? Of all time. So oh. some players who you could pick. So of all time, any player that, you, that you'd that be like, they would go in the Shropshire County Cricket League Hall of Fame. So Brian any player, you know... Definitely. Brian Perry. Mm. 100%. So you can get your ideas out there, guys. Get, get, get some ideas, throw them in. And what we'll do is... Uh, We'll, we'll set some of them to the lads and we'll uh, see what they think and we'll, we'll debate some of them, you know, from all the way from... it doesn't They don't have to be players from the Premier Division. You can go all the way down to your Sunday divisions, you know, players who are club men, you know, your Tom Doddlestons, all the way up to your Brian Perry. Mr. Mr. Faulkner at Fens Bank. Absolute legend. He's still playing now. He's about 90. Mm. How old is he? He's got to be mid-80s. Mid-80 probably, yeah. Mm. I reckon he is, yeah. Yes, and there there'll be some there'll be some serious names. Mm. There are a lot of clubs looking to get them out. But yeah, so it'd be interesting. So not necessarily, you know, what what so given that that's the question that we're setting and we're setting out some names, what do you think should be the parameters? What do you think some selection points that we should be looking for that we should ask people to go for for our let's call it the Cow Corner Shropshire County Cricket League Hall of Fame who, who are going to mm. enter our Hall of Fame what what kind of things will we be looking for from our players or even not just players people like community mm. members as well because you know if people are scorers or long time you know clubmen presidents things like that maybe do we get them involved as well what, mm. what are our thoughts what kind of longevity is one yeah exactly so durability, yeah. durability. Not, not necessarily all about ability no um, you play for a long time for one I mean especially playing for like say one club being a clubman is, is fantastic not like me uh, I like to hop around um, disgraceful behaviour but no they, and also quality I mean especially some of these lads you play against and, and you come up against and we were talking earlier about someone like the likes of Brian Jones uh, when he was playing for Rockster mm. uh, playing against him was just a pleasure mm. like to watch him back mm. knowing that 
like trying to work out as a bowler how to get this bloke out like um you know, someone like martin davis who's been away for a long time and yeah martin martin yeah runs. fantastic player fantastic player are we saying that they have to have had more than one season in the Shropshire League is there an amount well, of seasons that we're going to have to qualify sure, sure this for I mean yeah you tell us no 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 I'm setting it to you guys come on you, are, we gonna put, are we going to put over season there because you, you look at like take, take for example Manny Singh who came to Werfield and he was there for a handful of years mm. he did a fantastic job at Werfield absolutely fantastic so so many players out there could 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 be there. I mean, you look at Graham Trotkund, one of our mates. You know, he's been there for a long, long time. That's a very good chat. Yeah, does he, he does so well. much for Kund. Or Kenny Hamer. Yeah, you know they've been there for a long time. I think. I mean, Troy's been there for how long? Troy's been at Kund for. I mean, God, mm. he was at Shelton when he was a youngster, and he's been at Kund ever since. So, um, and on all them runs, Carl Starling's another one. Mm. Carl Starling could quite easily. Yeah, uh, yeah. Could quite easily be there. So let's know. not let's not give away too many names. <laughs> but, no, um, no, no, yeah, let's yeah. I'll so, tell you I what. Let, let's put one more name. Joss Elliott. Joss Elliott. Let's put Joss Elliott. <laughs> Why? Eh? <laughs> well, you know, we did say you could just turn up. <laughs> good, good bloke. You know, it's not all about runs, wickets. You know, we know you struggle well, for yeah, that. I mean, you can look at someone like Adam Phillips at Beacon. Does an awful lot for cricket. Oh yeah, Adam Phillips. Yeah, good, good shout. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, what are we saying? We saying. We'll have an overseas section, maybe, and also, you know, maybe they've had to play more than one season in the Shropshire League. You let us know. There we go. You let us know. Let I don't us know, know what they you think. Have the, to uh, played. No, no, they uh, been in the league for. Mike Sheehy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Umpires. You know, we could have different sections. Umpires overseas. Scorers. Holly Eccleston, scorer at Whitchurch. Yeah, he could have all sorts. You know. Let us know what your thoughts are. Who are the players who you think should be in the uh, Cow Corner Shropshire County Cricket League Hall of Fame and um, what you think we should be judging on. And we'll, uh, we'll bring it to the table next time and maybe even we'll get some of them on the podcast if we can do. But anyway, um, I think that leaves it all to be said, guys. And it's, it's been another great podcast. I mean, we've had some... We've had some great insight from Jamie, and it's to be honest, guys, it's just great to be back. You know, it's um, it's been a hard few few months and a very busy one. So glad to actually get around and uh, get a podcast together. And but don't worry, everyone, we will hopefully be back again and uh, in the not too distant future with more podcasts. And uh, yeah, guys, is there anything else you want to say? I just hope this one actually makes it to press. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing this. Yeah. The last one took about four hours, and uh, we'd never heard anything. <laughs> I just got a couple of it's couple of little cutting room floor. I got a couple of little shout outs for uh, Mr. Matthew Swift, who is uh, very very good news that he is expecting a baby, not himself, but his his partner. Oh, fair play, well, and uh, and also Daniel Cohen mm. from from Wembrick Clubs expecting uh, uh, a child as well. So well, it's fantastic, Danny. and obviously Mark Lovelock having a, a baby today. Well, uh, Mark. There's also Mark a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, that that be the end of his cricket career, um, but yeah, congratulations to all, anyone who's who's having babies. They are coming out left, right, and centre. So uh, there's, there's plenty of them. If you want to shout out on the on the next Cal Corner podcast, give us a shout. <laughs> When's yours due? <laughs> <laughs> Been due since I was about seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, guys, uh, well, thank you very much, Joss. <laughs> Cheers, Hurley. Thank you very much, Andy. Cheers, Hurley. And thank you very much. This has been another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Until the next time, goodbye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.